feel like you're in trouble a lot. You feel like a little kid in trouble a lot. Like, like, why is mom mad at me? That's like how it feels a lot of time going into like any service interaction where like, like they're the ones behind the counter with the stuff and you need to speak to them. That's how it is often. Half of the French rappers that I love, I know where they live. I, I know where they live. They're just in Paris hanging out. Like the French are very cool because it's not cool to to, to, to care. I'm sorry, did it did it hurt your feelings when I handed you a piece of plastic and you had to hold it in your hand for 10 seconds? Because I'm pretty sure that you survived that. So a few months ago, I came across a real Bayern American creator who has been living in Paris for seven years. Um, unlike the baguette-eating, beret-wearing fantasy pose that you often see about Paris, hers was a brutally honest experience of living in France. The good, the ugly, and some really helpful tips to anyone visiting, like how not to get scammed. What I loved is that the content also went way below the surface as she actually broke down why French do the things they do. And as you know, this is the stuff that I live for. So I'm actually really excited to have her with me today to talk about the experience of living in France as an American and the American versus French mentality. So welcome, Amanda. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm actually, I, I didn't lie. I'm actually very, very excited to talk to you today. Uh, I recently had a French creator, but as you know, it's kind of like fish in the water mentality. If you live somewhere your whole life, you don't have much of a perspective on it. However, you as an American coming into France and, you know, especially Paris, you have thought about the cultural differences, I'm sure, for the whole seven years that you've been there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like it's like you said, when you live somewhere your whole life, you get used to it and you don't really notice what things might be different compared to other cultures. Um, and I don't think you can really point out the differences until you've lived in another country. Like you, you can't, like even things about the US were not apparent to me until I moved to France and I had something to compare it with. I had different perspective. And then I was like, oh my God, we do do that. Um, so I really feel that it's only people who have lived in two countries that can really make a statement or a judgment about culture. Exactly. And that's why I love having creators or and people in general that have moved countries and have lived in a country long enough to start questioning their own culture and, you know, try to understand the, the culture that they're living in. Whereas, you know, when I do interviews abroad, I'll ask, well, you know, why are Greeks like that? And they'll say, well, I don't know. This is just the way it is. It's the normal, you know. And I say, no, actually, it's not really normal. Um, so it's not you don't get much of a perspective that way unless they then move to, I don't know, say Germany. And then they realize, oh no, wait, we actually do this thing that I, I wasn't even aware about. Let's start from the beginning. I mean, so where are you from in the US? So I'm from a small town called Greenfield. Um, it's in Western Massachusetts, but I always say Boston because I was born and grew up near Boston and then went to Greenfield for like my childhood. And then after college, I moved back to Boston. So we can say Boston, Massachusetts. So why did you decide to go to France in the first place? Um, I mean, I started studying French when I was 12 in the sixth grade, and I just loved it. So I continued all the way through high school. I took AP French. I was president at the French club. Um, and then when I went to school, I actually started university as a French, ma a French major. Um, but then I realized I didn't want to be a teacher. So I switched to a minor and graduated with business with a minor in French. And it was just always in the back of my head, like, if I could do anything, if, I, if money wasn't an object, if, if I didn't have obligations, what would I do? I would live in Paris um, or I mean France, but like, let's be real, Paris. 
And one day I read the book, The Alchemist. That book is, I mean, I credit that book for why I actually moved. Um, I always say to people, that book is dangerous. Like if there's anything that you want to do in your life, but you're not doing it, if you read that book, you will do it. So I read The Alchemist. And as soon as I finished, I was like, oh, I'm, I have to go. It's like, I have to do this. I'll regret it if I don't. So um, sold, you know, I decided I, I had already begun the research because um, it was on my mind for a while. So I was like slowly researching like, oh, what if I, what if I go? So by the time I decided all the research was done, like all the, I had a Google um, Chrome full of tabs and bookmarks of like what steps to take. So once I finally decided, I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, I know I'm going to be an au pair because it's the easiest way to get a visa. Um, I'm going to sell everything that I own. I'm going to move me and my cat over there, work as an au pair for some time and then go find a French company to hire me. And that is exactly what I did. So you were really certain before you came to France. You were just like, I'm selling everything. I'm going, you know, full in. Yep. Yep. I, I visited Paris once by myself in January 2016, and I had the best trip. I, I was scammed. I was scammed like three times. Um, I had like weird occurrences happening. I was completely by myself. It was freezing cold, and it was right after the terrorist attacks in November. So like it was a weird vibe in Paris. I still had the best time of my entire life, like even with the scamming, even with the freezing cold, it was the best time. And after I came home, I was like, "You, I need to live there. Um, so I was certain. So when I left, I sold everything I owned. Like there's nothing. The only thing of mine that's still in the United States are my Harry Potter books, which are my retirement fund because they're their original editions. But yeah, that's it. I knew I was coming. I, I mean, I even brought my my cat with me. So I was very serious. I love it. Then you're like, I was scammed. It was freezing cold, but it was still yeah. better than staying back in the US. But what was it about the French mentality that kind of drew you in? I mean, there's they just seem classier. Like that's the best way I can describe it. First of all, I really like that the it's a very, I don't want to call it a nationalist country because that's not at all the case. But like they they get they join together on things like they, they protest together they they fight for their rights um i really liked the idea of you know the way that parisians or europeans in general actually like they get dressed every day they don't you're never going to catch them in sweatpants outside they take some pride in everything that they do they take pride in their appearance they take pride in food like the the fact that there's not as many you know added ingredients in the food over here i mean there's a million ingredients that we have in our food in the us that are banned in france and to me it just seemed like th that's the best way i can describe it they seemed classier to me i don't know like they they take a pride in what they do they take a pride in wine and food and and i feel like they just have this elegance to them. I don't know. I was just, I was drawn to it. I was like, it's, you know, it, it oh, it's French, you know, like, oh, it comes from Paris. Like when we, I feel like we all have this like mindset, same with Italy uh, in a way also, like if you see shoes, but they're made in Italy, you're going to buy those shoes because they're made in Italy. You know, like it just, it just seems so, so foreign to what I know. Um, and also the fact that I spoke French to me, speaking French is the coolest thing that I can do. And I'm, I'm not perfect at French. I mean, I'm, I'm fluent, but like with mistakes, I'm fluent with like lowercase fluent. Um, but to me, whenever I speak French, I feel so cool because in the US, everyone speaks Spanish. All like it was the cool thing to take Spanish in high school and I wanted to be different. So I took French and I never got to use it really. So I was like, well, if I go to France, I'll get to speak French. Like, honestly, the reason I moved here is because I wanted to speak French every day. Like I wanted to because I learned this little hobby, this little talent that I could never really use. Um, and in Boston, I would, you know, I would rent cars and drive to Canada pretty often because we had Quebec and Montreal. So I was like, oh, I can speak French there. But I was like, I should just go all the way to the real place where it comes from, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I guess their class, I just like their vibe. They're classy, they're elegant, they're, they have an appreciation for art and culture. Like it's just, it's just not the same as it is in the US. And I wanted to speak French every day. 
And I think I knew I was going to marry a foreign person. Like I, I would go on dates with American guys and I'd be like, they're fine. But like, I don't plan on staying here for the rest of my life. And a lot of the guys I was dating didn't, hadn't even left the country. Like if I asked them, do they travel? They'd be like, yeah, I've been to Mexico or like, like, like the Bahamas. And I'm like, all right, like, so you went on vacation. Like you, you haven't like really traveled. Um, and so I was like, well, my husband's obviously in France. That's just what I, that's what I still believe. So, and that's something really important to me, like finding the person I'll spend my life with. So honestly, all things were pointing to go to France. <laughs> Yeah, that's very interesting that you say that. I mean, uh, it was starting with the language. I think, you know, in Canada, we do speak French. However, if you've ever flown a Canadian airline and you've heard the French, I mean, they obviously speak French in Quebec. Uh, it's a different form of French. Uh, it's a, it the, the accent and the gram grammatically, there's some differences for sure. Exactly. I, I was just having a conversation with a Quebecois friend and she's like, oh, I'm talking with this guy online and, oh, but he sounds so fruity. He's, he's, I'm like, but, but that's the original French girl. Like that's yeah. where it all came from. You know, she's like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I'm like, listen, I'm sorry to say my preference is French from France. I think it's the most beautiful language, you know, and, and it's the most refined and, and I completely understand where you're coming from. And, you know, speaking of having this idea of, dating outside of the US. I understand that as well. And I do want to get into the dating a little bit later on, because I'd love to hear about your experiences. I think my, I guess, idea of French men, and I have dated a few French guys is that um, they like to question things a lot more. And I think, you know, we'll talk about that as always. That's a huge part of the culture. But going deep is such a part of the culture that I really genuinely love, because I don't like conversations that are like, cool, nice, they do this, oh, awesome. I mean, that does nothing for me. Like, I want to get to the meat. I want to debate and I want to, you know, I want to really have a conversation. I want someone to be direct with the questions and really try to get as deep as, as they can with me. So I, I really love this quality. I think about uh, French, you know, men, women, and, and the culture in general. Um, and we'll talk about some of the negatives of that as well, because uh, I was watching a reel recently and it got me really thinking about French culture. Um, but OK, so you arrive uh, seven years, it was at this point, uh, like six, six and a half ish. Yeah, six and a half. OK. And so what were your biggest culture shocks? And I'm sure there's so many, but let's just go through them as many as we can. Um, I mean the smoking and I knew it, I knew it before I got here, but like, it's just, it's just very different than in the U S like you can be seated at a cafe and there's someone smoking right next to you and it's blowing in your face. And in the U S we would be like, this is an outreach. They have to move. That's not how it is in France. If you don't want to be near smoke, you don't sit outside. That's just how it goes. So like I expected it, but I still was like, oh man, the smoking is a big deal. Um, what other cultural shocks? I mean, they, the French can be, um, I don't know how to describe it. They they can be snippy, you know, like like gent like basic interactions. And when I'm not knowing anything fresh off the boat, like I have so many questions, I'm I'm get making mistakes, I'm getting lost. I don't find them to be warm when it comes to helping. Like if I'm like, oh, excuse me, while like I just have a question, they'll just look at me and they're like they're already pissed off at me before I've even said anything. And I'm like, okay, like that's rude. Um, that's just how it is. So that was shocking, you know, and this is me coming here with like, I'm obsessed with France and French culture. I have rose colored glasses. Like I told you I was scammed and I loved it. Like I would do it again. So, you know, I'm like, you can't, you can't really bring me down. Like they can just like kick me around and I'll keep coming back. It's fine. But it's still, I was like, okay, like the friendliness is not here. Even when I'm being as polite as I can be, even when I'm, 
you know, like saying like, I'm so sorry to bother you. Could you help me? They're still like rolling their eyes at me. And I was like, is it because I'm American? But then I realized this is just how they interact in those sort of situations and like service situations. Um, and this is just Paris, right? Like, I mean, I, in the South of France, they're so nice. They're so nice. So, like, this is a definitely Paris thing, but I found that to be a little off-putting. Um, mealtime is so, so serious here. Mealtime is so serious. I'm, you know, I'm American. I'm, I'm comfortable eating a salad at my desk for lunch um, and dinner, like, 6, 7 p.m. Not at all. Over here, lunch is at 1 p 12.30 to 1 p.m., and it goes for, like, an hour and a half, two hours. At every lunch, they have an entree plat dessert coffee. So like when I would go out to lunch with my colleagues, I was like antsy because I also, I don't typically eat lunch. Like I'll, if I have something small, maybe, but like I typically eat later in the day. So I'm, I would be like at these lunches with my colleagues, we'd be going on an hour and a half and they're getting dessert and coffee. And I'm like, what is happening? And I'm like, I want to get back to the office to finish my work so I can go home. But they're comfortable having a full lunch and then working a little bit later. And I just like did not, could not get on board with that. And then dinner, eight or 9 PM. Right. And even still dinner, there's like there's bread at every meal, as it's true what they say, bread with every meal, a full entire meal, dessert pretty much every night, and then cheese after. And it's just, it's such a, again, there's an appreciation for it. And I love that. But like, I view, I, I view food as like something I have to do to live. Like, I'm not a foodie. I'm so like, I like good food, but like, I don't care at all. Like, if I go on vacation, I'm going to get kebab. I prefer street food than sitting down. Like, I'm, I'm just weird. Um, so that was a real, that was a big one for me. I was like, wow, food is so serious. Um, coming into the office later, like that was surprising to me. People roll in at like 9 30, 10, where when I was in Boston, I was getting to the office at 7 30 and eight was like, you're late if you're there, there at eight. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Um, and then the, 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 the quickness, I guess, of how like dating works here. Like you can, you have more frequent, less serious relationships. Whereas in the U S you might only have a handful of really serious relationships. I found that to be interesting. It's it's really frowned upon to delete multiple people at the same time. Um, but in the US, at least when I was living there, if you would go on a date with a Bumble guy and you have a couple dates with him, he's probably seeing other people. So you probably should be too until we have the talk. The talk, the talk is not a thing over here. The talk, the talk only happens because I need it to happen because I'm American. Do you know what I mean? So that was surprising to me as well. Like, like I go on two, gate, two dates with a guy and that is my boyfriend, but like not, you know, there, there's some debate back and forth on this, but like in my experience, I've had accidental boyfriends. Um, so that was kind of surprising. Like if you go on two dates and you kiss him, that's probably your boyfriend now. But like some people disagree with me on this, but like, Hey man, that's what I experienced. I don't know. So that was kind of shocking. Um, and then, Oh, the fact that healthcare is actually, actually legitimately free. The first time I went to the emergency room, I was super, super sick. And I was trying to avoid going at all costs because American, we don't go to the emergency room unless you're dying, but I was actually dying. So I went to the emergency room and I was so stressed out about how much it was going to cost because I was in no pair and I had no money. And after we get in, the woman wanted to do some chest x-rays because I, I had, like had like pneumonia, like I was dying. She wanted to do chest x-rays and I was like, no, I like, I don't want to do it. And she's like, why you have to? And I was like, I can't afford it. And she was like, it's free. And I was like, oh, like it's actually free. She was like, yes. Like she thought it was so dumb. And when I went home, I got a bill in the mail from the, um, from the hospital. It was for 12 euros. And then I was reimbursed from Security Social. So like I knew like, oh, healthcare is free, but like, I don't think people understand what that means until you, until you get your first 12 euro bill and you're like, and then you get reimbursed and you're like, oh, it's actually free. Like it's genuinely like it's available to everyone. Um, that was, that blew my mind. Like I, I, I couldn't conceptualize what that actually meant until I lived it.
Yeah, I think that's such an American problem. Huh? That's such an American problem because I'm from Canada and we don't have, we, it's also free. So I've never had to deal with that. But like, I just watched a reel from this Italian American couple the other day and they were showing how much an operation cost. And it was like 65 grand. And the girl goes, actually, I'm surprised. I thought it was going to be more. And her Italian husband is like, what do you mean it's going to be more? It's 65 grand. Like that, that is absolutely insane. Yeah. Even giving birth can be like, it's minimum 10K to give birth, but it can go as high as like 40K just to have a baby, to have your own baby. Like it's, it's, I mean, I had a surgery once in the US and it was 9,000 with insurance and I was paying it off for years. Right. Like it's, it's just insanity. Um, so that was a huge, cause like, and like going to the pharmacy to get a prescription and they're like, okay. And I'm like, what do I owe you? And they're like, nothing. And I'm like, oh my God, this is wild. This is crazy. Yeah, I, I can totally understand why so many Americans are watching these kind of videos now about moving abroad because of that. This is the major problem in the U.S. is that mm -hmm. like healthcare is so damn expensive. How can you afford it? Yeah. So sometimes you're what's the what's the option? Dying? I mean that that's a that's a pretty crazy standard for a country that seems to be well off in many ways, but uh, doesn't really take care of its citizens. But going back to um, the other points that you've mentioned, which were very very interesting, um, the work culture. I I think um, in the US, at least, I feel like there's more of a sense of efficiency when it comes to work. Like, okay, grab your sandwich and back to work you go, you know, because you want to finish. And um, and you basically lunch is you can be eating that at your desk, right? Like that's the common funny, um, I guess, stereotype that you see on socials as well. Like that person eating a sandwich at their desk versus Europe mm -hmm. where you go out and you have wine uh, for lunch. By the way, do you have wine for lunch? Is that a thing in France? No, no. I think like maybe like I've seen it on like a Friday afternoon grabbing beers, but like that's not people. I've seen it happen, but people don't typically do it. Like I, I have seen it happen, but I don't think it's the norm. Interesting. Um, there's also, I, I, I don't know who said it, but it was like when we're talking about work culture and a great, great book that I read called um, Life in the Merde by this British guy uh, that I suggested that you read. He talks about like the French culture and how everybody kind of saunters in, saunter in late and uh, um, meetings take a really long time. And then, you know, if you want to get something done in the US, someone's going to be like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get back to you as soon as possible. Or in France, people really take their time, but then I have my holidays, yeah. then I have more holidays, and then eventually I'm going to get back to you. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think there's some truth to that. Um, something like one of the first things I learned by working in French companies is in the US, we have meetings to make decisions and take action items. In France, they have meetings to discuss. So sometimes you'll go into a meeting and you're discussing and at the end, we still don't have a, we don't have a solution. We don't have an action item. And that's like very confusing if you've worked in American companies and you come to a French company, because you're like, what do we, like, we just had a whole meeting. We still don't have an answer, but like, that's what it's for. Um, and I do agree. They, they, this, and the, the thing is anyone listening to this is going to argue or say that's not true. But like, again, I've lived and worked in both countries since I can, I, I had a career for six years in the U S and I had a career for five years in France before I went full-time with content. So I know for a fact um, there's a, there's a less of an urgency here. Like, like you said, people are not there. You're not, you're most likely not going to get emails back late at night. I mean, also it's illegal, even though it still happens, it's illegal. Um, you know, it's, it's not that they're dilly dallying. I mean, French people work extremely hard, like uh, extremely hard, but there's not this, like, I mean, I think like in, in the fact that you in the U S at these at will States, you can be fired for any reason at any time. Right. And in France, if you have a permanent contract, you have a bit more of a cushion. And so, yeah, like pe French people work hard and like, I've seen these great teams get things done and they've met deadlines, but it's like, 
they have built in time for leisure, like, like built right into it, right? So like even for example, with lunch, it's not that they're not eating their salads at their desk because they don't care about the work, but it's because they care about the relationship with their colleagues more and because they care about taking some time for themselves. So like, that's why they're, they're going to take their lunch because they like it. I just don't eat lunch. That's why I don't really like it. But like, I get it. Like, kind of like, we're going to take our little pause. We're going to have some chats with colleagues because they also have this appreciation for like creating a nice culture among their coworkers, which I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's, that's how it is over here. Like it's, I always say this, like in France, we do not live to work. We work to live. Like, so even if you have a great job and you love what you do, you're still taking your, your full month off in August, a hundred percent. You're still, you know, having time with your family and, and not, not like breaking your back on a Friday night to, to meet some deadline unless in specific situations. Right. Yeah. That, I think, uh, France is more of a, like a relationship culture. It's, it's similar to Portugal or Spain in that sense where relationships are more important. And like, I feel like Americans, they focus on relationship, but it's not, it's more of like getting the, the thing done, doing action and, you know, more of the efficiency culture and like, you know, like going ahead, like full speed. Even I have a friend, he lives in, in the Netherlands, which you would assume is more efficient, but he still says that people are not as much in a race to get somewhere, but they're more like, there's more like of a work-life balance. So if you're working past five o'clock, uh, your boss will say to you like, come on, why, why are you still at your job? You know, go, go oh, do wow. something else. So you mentioned something about how during meetings in France, it's more important to have a discussion versus come to some sort of a conclusion. So that's something that you've also mentioned on your socials, which I really, um, I mean, I really enjoyed because I, I, that's something that I always find about the French culture. What is this? culture around discussion and debates. What is that? I mean, that's very different to the American culture. Oh, the French love their debates. I mean, I think it's, they're taught from a young age to question everything, to be a little suspicious of new things, of new concepts. Um, and also there's, there's a lot of reading between the lines that gets done. Mm -hmm. For us, everything is like, like literal. Like we, if we, we ask a million yeah. questions, we give all the clarity, everything is crystal clear. There's no room for error really. And in France, there's quite a bit left unsaid and you're just, you're expected to kind of understand it. But when things are left unsaid, that also leaves a little bit of room for interpretation. Um, and I think, so there's a little bit more freedom to kind of run with different ideas because if it's not spelled out like verbatim, then you have some more room, right? Um, they love, they love debating. They love questioning things. Um, and I think it also kind of ties into this, like already on the defense mindset that I feel from them sometimes, like they're, they're not, they're not very trusting at first. Right. And I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, they kind of, they start most things a bit on the defense, even the, the no, no, yes. You ask a French person for something and they're going to tell you, no, no, c'est pas possible two, two, three times. And they want you to fight for it. They want you to really argue with them. And then eventually you'll get your Yes. I didn't know that when I first got here. So I was getting told no left and right. And I was so pissed. And then French people would be like, no, but you got to fight back. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? The minute I started fighting back, I started getting things. So now I have to fight too. <laughs> like, so I feel like there's like, just in, debating is just part of the culture. They love, they love debating. They love questioning things. And I find them to be very philosophical, a lot more so than Americans. Like they will have a chat, just a theoretical chat, just for the sake of chatting. And I, that's how I am. I love that. So maybe that's also why I wanted to be here. Like I, I, I fit in better here. Like the, there's, like you mentioned, the deep discussions that is, that's an everyday occurrence over here. Yeah. That's very interesting that they're always on the defense. I mean, doesn't that get exhausting sometimes as well when you have to fight for it, especially when you've mentioned customer service where you would assume someone would do something because it's their job. 
Yeah, it's not cuz it's like customer like like I don't know, another word for not service. It's like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, but there there are people there are people who are frustrated but frustrated by it. There's a lot of French people who hate Paris. Like that's why a lot of times when I make videos, I specify I'm talking about Parisians cuz like people from other parts of France are like, yeah, we agree with you because Paris sucks. <laughs> so like it's, you know, th there are people who agree. There's, I mean, I've even had people commenting on videos saying I'm French and I left because of this reason. Like it is, it can be exhausting for sure. Um, but like I said, I'm so in, I'm like, I've got like Stockholm syndrome with France. I'm so in love with it over here that I'm just like, whatever, I got to fight a little. It's fine. Like whatever. <laughs> it's like an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a toxic relationship, but like, I'm just, but I, the more I learn the rules and know how to play their games, it, it, the easier it gets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it challenges you in a way, doesn't it as well? I mean, you, you kind of learn oh, yeah. to be more assertive and to stand your ground and to, um, to access parts of yourself that you wouldn't in the U.S. where everyone, I feel like in the U.S., I mean, I, 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 I like the culture. I like the American Canadian culture, but I feel like sometimes it's agreeable just to be nice. And I really love that you, you actually have a term for it, which is socially slutty. Um, and it's yeah. something that irks me so much. I say this over and over again, because I'm originally Eastern European and I'm quite direct. And so in Canada, it's very common to go to like the bathroom is exactly as you've mentioned in your uh, reel. And you'll have two girls having the most fake superficial conversation possible where it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I love this dress on you. Oh, that looks so nice. Oh, we should hang out. And you know, nothing's ever going to materialize. So it's just being friendly for the sake of being friendly, but it's not even genuine a lot of times. So but see, that's see, I that disagree. see, I like, see for me, I like those interactions because I've, and I've made a video about this before when it's something short like that, for example, like a girl in the bathroom or you know, the guy at Starbucks or whatever, like those little interactions, we know that they're not going to last forever. We know that we're, we're only going to be together for a finite amount of time, maybe five, 10 minutes max. We know we're going our separate ways after. So I love those nice little chats because it's kind of like, we don't expect anything after. It's just a nice little moment. Like I love when I just have a cool chat with a worker and I'm never going to see them again. But like, that was nice because that's the difference I think that French people don't understand. I think sometimes they view those interactions as like, well, why would I be nice if we're not going to continue the relationship? And to me, that I, my response is, do you need to get something out of every interaction? Do you need to do you need to build a lifelong best friend from every interaction? Is your and also is your niceness only reserved for those that you're going to be close with? Because I love having a nice little moment with someone, never going to see them again, but it made me happy and it made them happy. And to me, it's like the human condition having a nice little moment with someone. It's not like like. And, and like, even in the girl's bathroom, if I'm like, girl, I love your top. And she's like, oh my God, you too. I don't walk away being like, and I wish, wish we were friends or so you're, I'm like, no, that was, I love sharing energy with someone and it's free. Do you know what I mean? So I, I love those little interactions that we have. I think that's something that, um, I enjoy to a certain extent when it's when it feels genuine at least but and and i agree with you with the fact that a lot of europeans are under the impression that small talk is fake from the start and i do believe you can have very nice conversations that don't necessarily need to lead anywhere but i think the lonelier we get in our society because we are getting lonelier like it's a loneliness epidemic and the more we're like oh no but it's just shallow. It's a shallow conversation as well. I mean, how can the conversation be very deep with someone you don't know? It's it's the beginning to get somewhere deeper, right? But it's at least acknowledging each other and making each other feel like, well, you know what? At least I've talked to someone today and that makes me feel a little bit better. So I think sometimes I, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't like the obnoxious kind of fake superficiality sometimes where I don't believe it. Like I want to believe that at least you're we are actually having a genuine conversation, even if it's mm -hmm. small talk.
Right, 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 right. When it comes to small talk, I agree. I think that's something in Europe, there's such a big faux pas against small talk. Oh, but it's so fake. It means nothing. Like it doesn't have to mean anything. It's just two people saying hi to each other. Um, yeah. And I think I when mean, you put that pressure to, to, to go deep right away, I mean, that's, that's also very hard. And that's a lot of pressure for someone that you don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's up to the, it's up to you if you're genuine, but you, to me, every new conversation could lead to something. You have no idea, even though it's unexpected, like you can make friends in the weirdest places. Like the other day, my friend Dominique, she's an American who just moved here and she is the friend sluttiest person I've ever met, but not like superficially. She's just so nice. Like everywhere. And she's just chatting up people. I'm like, I'm a Scorpio. I'm like, don't talk to me, but she is so nice. And we were walking her dog and there was this French woman with her dog. So we did the kind of like, how are you? Like, Oh, how old's your dog? Blah, blah, blah. This, her and this French woman are chatting it up. And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, I'm letting her have, I'm a Scorpio. I'm, I'm like, don't talk to me. Like I'm, you know, so I'm letting her have her little moment. Cause she's also just like so friendly. She comes up to me and she goes, yeah, that woman's so nice. She actually owns an apartment and said, if I wanted to rent it, I could. Cause she meant, cause she mentioned that she doesn't like her apartment. And this woman's like, oh, I have an apartment. And I'm like, you see, this is, this is why the American little chit chat can go places. Cause like, you never know. Like, you, like I was at an event at the U S embassy a few weeks ago and I ended up meeting this woman love her literally love her and she's like oh my god you have to meet my son-in-law she follows me on instagram now and she messages me and this is a this is a french woman so like these little like like you never know what like if 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 a waiter's like how are you and you're like you know what i'm having a bad day you don't know like where that conversation could go and i feel like at least americans are very open and i feel like like it's not it's not about being superficial but it's kind of like like take it like like it's like fishing, like throwing it out there. And if the person bites, you could have a cool chat. If they don't, then the pleasantness can end there. But I do find that Americans, because we're so open, even if there's sometimes some fakeness built in, which I do agree with, and I'm, I hate that for us, it also opens a lot more doors and a lot more conversations versus being cold, closed off all the time. Do you get what I mean? A hundred percent. No, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. It's just uh, opening the door for opportunities. Right. Like two people can walk the street and have a completely different experience because one is very open and the other is very closed off and thinks, well, this is this is useless. This is pointless. I don't want to talk to this person. He's a stranger. She's a stranger. I mean, but no one's ever going to become close to you if that's how you think, because we're all strangers mm -hmm. to each other until we 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 open up for that contact. And that's something that, you know, the world or Europeans specifically, they often make fun of with Americans saying Americans are fake. But actually, that's one of the things that I really love about Americans, because whenever you see Americans abroad, you know, A, they will help you. You know this, mm -hmm. you know, 99% of the time they will be helpful. I've experienced this in Germany where I've, where I've really struggled and I've cried because people were mean, you know, and I remember running into an American and he was just so pleasant. And that's when you really appreciate it because you think, you know what, they have this kind of gold retriever energy, which I really mm -hmm. enjoy. And um, I think that's something I, I wonder if that's something you miss when you live in France. Do you miss the lack of small talk? I mean, I don't really like small talk. I like I I don't want to be talked to ever. But I will say, like I say, I'm such a liar. Like I'm always like I hate people, but I'm super extroverted. So like I don't ignore me. Um, whenever I go home, like which is rare by the way, but like when I get to the airport and when I go to get my coffee, because that's the first thing I do, and they go, Where are you coming from? I'm defensive because I'm used to Paris and I'm like, they're like, where are you coming from? And I'm like, oh, Paris. And they're like, no way. Like, were you on vacation? And I'm like, no, I live there. And they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, how long have you lived there? And then I start finding myself opening up and I'm like, yeah, I've lived, I've lived there for this amount of time. And then we're having a nice little chit chat. And I'm like, man, that man just made me in such a better mood just by chatting, just chatting. Do you know what I mean? And I walk away, never going to see that guy again. But that, 
Like, it, I'm like, oh, I forgot this is what it like, what it's like over here. Like, just people are just nice. Like, just little friendly chats. Even, dude, even in the UK, they are so nice in the UK. My best friend Morgan was doing a small little, like, stint in the UK, and I went to visit her in London um, two weeks ago. We went to a shop. We were checking out. The guy was chatting with us. He's like, oh, where are your girls from? He was making jokes with us. He gave us a discount on what I was buying. And as we walked away, she looked at me and she was like, Paris could never. And I was like, Paris could never. You are so, like, that was so friendly. The guy was chatting us up, make, like, making jokes, gave us a discount. Like, he's just a regular British guy. And I was like, I have to admit, that was nice. Like, a stupid shopping experience just became nice. And that does not happen over here, I'm telling you. It can, of course it can. Like I've, I've had like cool chats with workers, but like majority of the time, not at all. Um, that is nice. Cause also when, I mean, we're, we're, we're energetic beings. If you're surrounded by people in a bad mood, you're going to be in a bad mood. So if I go to check yes. out and the woman is rolling her eyes at me, then I'm going to roll, roll my eyes back. Maybe I'm going to go outside and make a TikTok about her. Like, do, you know what I mean? Like it's, but like if someone's <laughs> smiling, then you're smiling. Like it's contagious. And so I think, you know, if we have more of that, it's good. Let's talk about customer service because <laughs> I loved your story about frames. I'm telling people all oh around me, like this girl, she went to the store and people are having the time of their lives. So tell us the story. Yeah. I mean, there's this like frame shop across the street from my house and I have a couple paintings that I want to get framed because I'm like, we're doing like a living room glow up over here. So I want to get them framed and I wanted like nice, like gold, like French framed. And, but they're, both of my paintings are weird sizes. So I like went in and I walk in and she's not, she's upstairs, whatever. And it's like a small, it's like, she's one of the only people that has one of these shops in Paris. Cause it's like clearly like family owned. I walk in, she comes downstairs and she's already like, she's already pissed that I'm like there. And I'm like, I'm like, bonjour, bonjour. And she's like, she's like, you like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So I have these two paintings. Like I want to get them framed. And she's like, like, like rolling her eyes, sighing, like looking at me like I'm an insane person. Like it's literally a store that only sells frames, bro. Like it's what you do and it's custom frames. And she's like, well, you know, like it depends on what you want. And I'm like, okay, well, excuse me for not being well-versed in the frame world. Uh, what can I get? Like, can you fucking show me? Like she, she wouldn't, I'm like, I have money, take my money. Like she was like not interested in helping me. And everything I asked, she acted like it was the most preposterous question. And I'm like, I have these paintings, how much for a frame? And she's like, well, it depends on what you want to get. And she's like, she was like annoyed. She's taking out the measuring tape, like like annoyed that she's doing her job right now. And I'm like, I'm like, what is the purpose? What is the purpose of your store? I don't understand. Like, and I, I was already like, I was in a great mood and I went in there and like all my, all my French mentality, I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I'm ready to fight, whatever, but I'm in a great mood. I'm doing all the right things. And she's still just being like ice cold to me. And I, and like, I, she told me like a price and she just, she wasn't like, and like, do you want that? Can I help you? Do you want to see what it looks like? And she was like, yeah, and that's the price. Like, so what, you know, like kind of like, like, so I bet you're not going to do it. And I kind of looked at her. I was like, so I'm not going to do it. No. And I was like, all right, thanks. And I left it. And I was like, okay, that was a waste of my time. Um, but that that's an experience that happens fairly often. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like you, you feel like you're in trouble a lot. You feel like a little kid in trouble a lot. Like, like why is mom mad at me? That's like how it feels a lot of time going into like any service interaction where like, like they're the ones behind the counter with the stuff and you need to speak to them. That's how it is often. Um, like it, 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 like I've said this before, but like when the situation is neutral, that is positive. Like if I go in to buy something and he just hands it to me and I pay and it's neutral, that was a very positive experience because the, there is no higher than that. Like you're never going to like, unless he's like the guy just found out he's going to be a father or something. And he's like smiling, like, it's not going to happen. Like neutrality is positive here. It's like, that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. 
Um, and so many people are pissed about that video. Like, and I'm like, bro, I like, first of all, I've lived here. I've lived in my own shoes. And also I am extremely objective. I know like if I, if I have a bad experience, but I'm in a bad mood that day, I say to myself, Amanda, you're probably in a bad mood today. So maybe that experience isn't worth talking about. Cause like you're, you're in a mood today. Do you know what I mean? That's why I only share my stories when I'm like, no, I know for sure that this was like them, you know? Um, or like the book that I referenced, people were going off about that. And I'm like, Again, it's French people who have never lived outside of France who are pissed about it. And I'm like, you you don't know how you appear to people because you are you. Like, <clears throat> you've never left. You haven't lived in another country. If you lived in the US, you might start to notice the differences, but you can't. And every French person, uh, all of my French friends that have lived in the US agree with me about these things. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. Speaking about someone else's culture is always a, a risky game because, first of all, you, the people are going to get defensive 100% and that's just part of it. Um, and you're going to get people defending themselves like with everything that they've got, but they, they, they literally haven't been in the same boat. They haven't, they haven't viewed France from outside. That's why I, like I said, at the beginning of this, I feel like I can really speak on the U S now that I've lived outside of the U S and I can see it from a different perspective. But when I was living in the U S anything I would have said about it, I think would have been, would have been flawed. Cause how do I know? How do I know the U S is like this? Because I, because I was told by other Americans, do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. No, and, 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 you know, I, I run a channel about different cultures, so I can completely agree with you that certain cultures specifically more than others tend to take criticism really harshly. I will say that like Germans and Swedish people and like the Dutch people take criticism really well. It's like, they know what their cultural stereotype and they're like, they, they laugh it off, you know? Uh, and I, we've they're, said, they're I feel critical well, also. They're like, they're they, critical. They're people who give criticism. But France gives exactly. criticism, but they don't seem to like it. Interesting. That's very interesting. So what other, I mean, and actually, I'd love to hear any other uh, customer service experience that you've had, since you've mentioned you've had quite a lot. <laughs> any other ones? I mean, yeah, I've had a bunch. I, I don't, I try not to like dwell on the, I don't know, let me think. Like, uh, I mean, okay, here's one. One time I had had a small surgery and I was going to the pharmacy to pick up my pain meds. And I'm like, again, with this one, I will admit I'm already in pain. Like, so I'm like, I wasn't in my best, like, you know, state of mind. Right. But I go into the pharmacy and um, I give her the prescription, but she can see that, that it's her pain meds. Like she, she can put two and two together. She knows that I'm clearly like just had a surgery. And when you go to the pharmacy in France, what you do is you hand them the, the ordinance, the prescription, and then you hand them your carte vitale because that's how you get reimbursed. But I thought, and this is what my logic was, even if it's not a reimbursable thing, it, I thought that like the ordinance still has to be connected to you. Like, cause that is like my health card. The ordinance came to me like as a, like to tie it in. So like the, cause so the government knows that like I'm Amanda and I'm getting these drugs. You get what I mean? Um, even if I'm not reimbursed. So I walk in, I hand her my ordinance and because I'm a very helpful person, I already have my carte vitale out cause I know how this works. So I handed her that and then I handed her the carte vitale and she looks at me like I just pooped on her floor and she goes, c'est pas remboursé, madame. And I look and she like handed it back to me, like so rude. And I was like, I didn't fucking ask you to reimburse me. Like, like, oh, and how hard would it be to just say, I don't need your carte vitale? No, I don't need yeah. your carte vitale. You could even say it like a little bit bitchy. That's fine. Like, like, c'est pas remboursé, madame. I wasn't asking you to reimburse me. I think it's completely normal that I hand you my carte vitale with an ordinance. I don't have the little computer that tells me what's reimbursable or not, right? Like, I, it's just what we do here. Like that that wasn't that that wasn't weird of me to do it, but the way she snapped at me, like I was an idiot, and I was I was I was already in pain, and like I I literally like I walked outside and started like I cried a little bit, and I made a video about it because she was just 
the like the like the disgust that she had in her face. How dare I? And it, I was like, how can something as simple as me filling up her scripture? And I, I'm sorry, did it did it hurt your feelings when I handed you a piece of plastic and you had to hold it in your hand for ten seconds? Because I'm pretty sure that you survived that. Like, like I, I handed you a card and you handed it back. Was that really tragic for you? But the way she asked it to me, it was, was as if I offended her ancestors. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, bro, why? Like, I get that you woke up ready to fight today, but like, don't take it out on me. The fuck? Like that just really, like, that's a perfect example of like, just, just why just mean for mean for no reason. Like, and I feel like it's just so, it's so normal here to be that way to customers. Like in the U S it's, we, I worked, I worked in customer, I was a waitress for eight years and I worked in retail. You could never speak to a customer like that. It's like the rule. Like you'd get in trouble if you did that. In France, yeah. that is not the rule. In France, I almost think it's like, like free, it's a free for all. You can talk to whoever, however you want. And so it's just, it's just, I was like, why? And it's not even about being French. It's just about like, like, like for what? Like, what did that bring you? Cause probably it just put you in a more mad mood also, because we know that anger, if you've like studied anything about like emotional intelligence, anger is the most dangerous emotion because it's, um, it's like a self-fulfilling thing. It feels good to get angry, which is why we wind ourselves up, which is why like even me telling this story, I'm wound up now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know, like there's things like that, or like, me asking for something and they look me dead in the eyes and say, c'est pas possible, when it's obviously so, it's so possible, it's so possible. And they're like, no, c'est pas possible. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, okay, but it is, you know what I mean? Um, it's just the the complete disdain that they have. Like, they look at you like you don't matter. They'll look away from you and like, they'll, they love, the French are very expressive. So they'll roll their eyes, they'll, go, and they'll just look away from you. Like, like, as if they're verbally saying, like, I'm done with you, you know? And like being treated like that feels like shit. Especially like when you know you haven't done anything wrong. Like that's the other thing that's annoying. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a very specific example, but there's been like one or two times where a French person made a mistake. They will never admit when they've made a mistake. Oh, here's one. I was picking up an Uber the other day. The way that my apartment is set up is like, there's a road here and then there's like, my road goes here and then there's like another one. Like there's two roads kind of parallel to each other close. The Uber is not on the right street. And he's like messaging me. He's like, I'm here. And I'm like, you're not. I'm in the street. And he's like, I'm here. And I'm like, sir, I'm in the road. I'm literally, I couldn't be more on the road if I tried. Like, you're not here. And he's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I'm like, no, you're not. So then finally, I'm like, I think you're on the wrong road. And he's like, no, I'm not. So I, and I was with a friend. We walk all the way around. It's a bit of a walk. And it was like raining. So I was annoyed. And I finally see his car on the wrong street. And I get in and he's like, he's like, there you are. And I'm like, you're not on the right street. And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, I pull up Google Maps and I'm like, my street is over there where my house is notice how my house isn't here. Like, you know how I just walked over because my house is over there and he would not hear it. And then finally, once he realized he made a mistake, he didn't say sorry. He would, they would never, they will never, they will never say, oh, my mistake. He just goes, bah, compliqué, huh? and I'm like, yeah, it's complicated. Also say, sorry, like say I was wrong. Cause you just argued with me for 10 minutes and you were wrong. And this has happened. I've like more examples of this where like, there's a mistake that's made and they will never say like, oh, actually it was my, 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 my mistake. Like their e the ego thing is like, they will fight to the death for that as well. Cause admitting you're wrong in France, I don't think is like admitting you're wrong in the U S is like a nice thing. It's like a, to me, it shows, um, it shows that you are humble. It shows that you are emotionally intelligent. It shows that just, it's like a leadership thing. Like I think admitting when you're wrong in the U S is a very good quality to have in France. Not at all. Like not at all. And it blows my mind. Like even when like we have proof and I'm sitting there and I'm like, are you going to say sorry? Nope, never, never, ever, ever. Which is also, I think in part why they don't take Americans very seriously. Sometimes it goes, we're apologizing left and right. We're admitting we're wrong. We're very like self-deprecating. I'm like, huh, I don't know. I'm an idiot. And they're just looking at you like, yeah, you are. Cause you would never catch a French person saying that you would never catch a French person saying, oops, I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. Like, you know, maybe among friends, like at home, but like never like out in the, in the show of public light. Do you get what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just uh, lots of, uh, like being, uh, being dismissed 
being made to feel dumb and absolutely never, ever, ever getting an apology when it's their fault. They should meet Canadians because... <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, just yeah, like left right and center, and 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 it's nice, you know, it's nice. I I I I miss this quality when I travel anywhere, you know, this this kind of understanding that, as you said, you know, it, it's um, it's 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 being modest. I mean, not not being modest, but like kind of working together and saying, no, no, it's my fault, you know. Um, let's try to make this work, and um, and and that's something I really appreciate. I would have been crying a lot in France. Like I cry easily when, when this kind of stuff happens, <laughs> just like, they would have walked all over me. Cause I would have just been like, oh, you're yep. so mean. I cried a lot more at the beginning. Now I've, I've really, I've toughened right up. Like I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm a lot stronger now, but I was the first year, the first three months every day, I get lost. French people are mean to me. I'm on the train crying. I'm like, I hate it here, but I still love it. You know? Did they, have you ever cried to their face? Have you ever told them you're so mean? No, I've never, I don't think I've I ever wonder what they would face. say. They would be like, no, disgusted. because usually what would happen is like, I try to fight back, but I cry when I'm angry sometimes. And it's not even because I'm sad because, you know, and then okay. when I'm trying to do it in French and then when you're angry and you're trying to clap back really fast, but like, obviously that's the moment that your French decides to just leave. So like, I'm trying to express myself, but if you make an error when you're trying to argue, it's you're done. Like you're, it's over. Right. So I'm trying to like come back at them, but I'm making errors. And then they're just look at me like I'm even worse. And then, then I'm just frustrated and I storm out. Like I've, I've like slammed some doors and then like cried on the sidewalk type of thing. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about why they are like this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everything that I, like I, I from that book that I referenced, I mean, just from a young age, they're taught that, you know, you shouldn't admit when you're wrong. Um, you like you, it's best to, you know, I don't know, like it, like everything should be a debate kind of like they, they're prepared. I don't know. Like they're, they're kind of prepared to fight in most situations. You shouldn't like show your weak side. Um, I don't know, like the, the debating culture. I mean, it all makes sense when you think about it, like that's just how it is. And that's why when I talk about these circumstances, I, I made a video. I was like, French people, you don't think these normal reactions for you that, that happen every day are scary or a combative because it's everyday life for you. But for us, it is scary because we're used to like, we're used to customer service, like kissing our ass, basically. You know what I mean? So like the slight, even though you don't think it's even attitude for you guys, it, it doesn't feel like attitude for you. It feels normal for us. It feels scary. Um, that That's the contrast because in, in the US where it's like sunshine and rainbows and everyone wins and all kids get a participation trophy and you can do it, you know, and in France, that's not how it is. Um, so the contrast is really big for us and it's very apparent for us. Um, and I don't know, for them, it's just, it's a, it's a bit different, but like it's, I'm still learning like at, like every nor every another year that I'm here, I learn more and I get more insight from like my friends and stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's just really interesting to, to figure out French culture because it's very different than U S culture. Yeah. You mentioned in the video that the way even they get graded is out of 20, but they never really get a 20 because only one person can be right. And that's the teacher. So that, that was apparently some people had commented and said like, that's not necessary because this book was written in like the seventies or eighties, I think. So it's a bit outdated. And a lot of people were like, that's not true. Like I've gotten 20 out of 20, but I do know, and I have confirmed this with French people that like, it's not common. Whereas in the U S you can get a plus plus, like you can get a 5.0 GPA out of a 4.0. We have a whole other 1.0 on top of the regular 4.0, like, like extra credit is crazy. Right. 
And in France, like if you, for example, the best you will ever do is 20 out of 20. There is no 21 out of 20. And 20 out of 20 is not as common. If it's like a multiple choice test, well, duh, right? But like if it's like a writing exercise or something, um, it's less likely to happen. And when I've talked to French people about this and even colleagues, they were like, yeah, because how could anything be perfect? Everything can always be improved. And that says everything to me about French culture. Nothing, everything can always be improved. Therefore, nothing is ever good enough, right? That's why in France, when they say, so, if something was really good, like if they had a good time, they'll say, c'était vraiment pas mal. It was really not, not bad. Yeah. That is a compliment in French. Are you fucking kidding me? Whereas in America, we're like, it was amazing. It was awesome. It was the best day of my life. I get it. We're a little crazy. I get it. But <laughs> c'était vraiment pas mal. Really? Really, you guys? Really? That's how you say it was good? Like, that's how they say it. There's a there's a creator I follow and you follow as well. I think Hello French NYC. I think she did a yeah Cecilia. She's she's a friend of mine. Is she really? She's she's awesome yeah. and I I really love her reel. I actually used it in a video of mine where she's like the French parent versus the American parent and the American parent the kid bring, brings like a little drawing and she's like oh that yeah. is amazing sweetie and the French is like what is this? Uh, are these the ears? Yep. You know? yep, Should yep, we redo yep. it? <laughs> and that's how it all exactly. starts. No, but that like. sums it up. That's exactly how it is. I loved it. It was so, so, so relatable and so interesting, just like the way she kind of um, pinned it down. And I, I think like, it, 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 I mean, in, in American culture, you get a star for participation. That's kind of the Mm-hmm. Even, you know, like having been raised in Russia, I remember the Russian education system was really, really tough. And what they used to do is the teachers would actually call your call out your name and the mark that you got. We got marked out of five. So five was the best, zero where one was the worst. And I remember they would purposefully like embarrass you in front of the class if you got a bad mark. So you, everybody would turn around and they would look at you like, oh my God, you got a two, you you know. And then I came to Canada and I just remember like, I really relaxed, to be very honest. I didn't take it serious because I was like, well, everybody gets mm-hmm. a good mark. I don't even have to try here. But it, it, but at the same time, you you are more of a relaxed person. It, it's more positive. So there's like pros and cons. Um, and of course, Americans get made fun of a lot that they use a lot of really positive words. And it's like mm-hmm. over the top and, oh, this is amazing. I love this. I love that. You know, this is so great. I don't know what's better or worse. It's just a cultural difference, to be very honest. Um, but I do like the positivity because, I mean, it's nice to appreciate things around you as well. Yeah, I, I also, I do like the positivity because if we look at children, I mean, we if you un- know anything about psychology, children are so impressionable based on their environment around them. And I do think that a kid growing up being told that like, keep trying, failure, like failing is not a problem. You try, you try again, you can do anything that you want to do, like you're doing great. Like those encouragements for a kid, are you kidding? Like that makes the difference between a very confident, like well-adjusted grown-up versus someone who's complaining all the time or doesn't have very good self-esteem. And I've been told by many of my French friends that in school, the teacher would look at them and tell them to their face that they're a piece of shit and they will never amount to anything. And like, if you're a special individual and maybe that'll fire you up, but like for most kids, you're being told by someone in charge that you're not going to amount to anything. Are you kidding? Like that's, I, that, that's not good. I don't, I really don't love that. Um, however, I will admit, I think we are, I mean, if everything is amazing, then what is actually amazing? And I have a very colorful vocabulary. I love exaggerating. Like I find fan, I find like interesting ways to exaggerate, to get my point across. But even among myself, like among my friends, even I, I, I often say like something is dead to me. And like I now I have to say like, no, 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 it's really dead to me because I say dead to me all the time. And like, Amanda, if everything's dead to you or like love, I love this. I love that. So how does when I say I love you to a boy feels more special? I do agree that we're we're friendship slutty. And I think we're a little bit 
we're slutty Americans. We are. Because I do agree. If everything is amazing, how do you know it is amazing? Or if you love everything, how do you know when it's actually love, right? Like, like we, we kind of abuse words to the point where we have to invent new ones to get the same thing across, whereas we could have just used the words that existed in the first place. I kind of do agree with that. Um, like I find myself in those situations, right? I'm like, oh, like I overuse that word a little bit now. So I don't know. I, I think there's positives to both sides, right? Um, like I don't think one is right or wrong, but they're certainly on opposite ends of the spectrum. That is a fact. Yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit of a balance, in my opinion. I think one is like too positive and one is too negative and it should be something in the middle, potentially, because I I 100% agree with you. I I really love what I love about the American culture is that it encourages being your own self, you know, standing out, being different is great. You shouldn't fit in the mold. Um, You know, go for it. If it's your dream, like, you know, the sky is the horizon. And I really love it because, you know, as creators, this is something, you know, you you fail so many times that if people were like, oh, you're a piece of garbage, you're never going to amount to anything. If people are not there supporting you, then you just give up and you live a mediocre life. But so so that's something I think is really, really positive. I think in the French culture and a lot of times in the European culture as well, like all over Europe, you have kind of similar issues with, you know, fitting into the mold. Don't be better than anyone else and, you know, be like everyone else. And um, that really limits people's capacity to achieve wonderful things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, I don't know if I would have turned out the way that I did if I had grown up in France because like you're allowed to be weird in the US, you're allowed to take risks, you're allowed, like it's kind of encouraged. And like when you, even if you're like judged for it at first, I feel like in the end, it always ends up working out. Um, and I feel like the French are a bit more like they're, they don't take as many risks um, from like, like social, like socially, or like, you know, if something is like kind of like, oh, here's a great example. It's not cool to care here. So like at concerts, oh, celebrity culture, I'm making a TikTok about this, um, this week. Celebrities are just walking around like regular people. I've seen uh, several because the paparazzi, it's not, it's not a thing here. People like fangirling crowds joining, not a thing here. When there's celebrities on the Champs-Élysées for Fashion Week, it's mostly tourists who are doing that. It's not foreigners. It's not French people. There's celebrities, just half of the French rappers that I love, I know where they live. I, I know where they live. They're just in Paris hanging out. Like the French are very cool because it's not cool to to to, to care. So like, um, for example, at like concerts and stuff, like French people are excited, but like they're they're not going to like... They're less likely to make signs, right? Or like if they met if they met a celebrity, they might just they might be like, hey, like I'm a big fan. Can I have a pick? They wouldn't be like, oh my god, like Justin Bieber. Like it's they're very cool, right? Like it's for them, it's cool to not care. They're like they could be in the same restaurant as a celebrity, and they would just like casually take a pick of him, but they wouldn't go up to him. Like they're it's not cool to to act like you give a shit about things. And I think it's cool to give a shit about things. So like I I go all out, right? But like it's a huge like I can see the juxtaposition between us two very clearly. And like celebrity culture is like a perfect example of that. Like even Macron, Brigitte goes shopping on Rue Saint Honoré sometimes, just walking around. Just walk because the French people, if they saw her, they would not say anything. They would like, like maybe take a pic of her, but they wouldn't ambush her. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think like that, like that, like is a big thing here too. Like it's not, it's not cool to 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 try harder to do things embarrassing. It's it's cooler to be, I don't know, like a, like a cool cat. Like that's what I think of French people. Like they're just they're so cool. You know, I don't know if, if that. Yeah, makes that's sense. interesting. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's kind of like <clears throat> don't don't show that you care too much because that somehow makes you. Kind of inferior in a way. This is what I mean by childlike. Childlike. 
they're protecting you know what I mean yeah. like yeah but I don't think that's a natural way to be because we say the inner child I mean as a child you're excited about things you're and even French parenting I've heard that with kids they kind of the way they behave with kids is they just live their life and the kid is there. Like they're not going to go helicopter parents on them like Americans would like, Oh no, I have to drive into all the practices and, you know, to the recitals and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like, like they're not really going to like, you're not going to see them baby proof the house. They're not going to make macaroni and cheese. Like French kids eat what the parents are eating. Um, and like, they basically just like the child becomes integrated into their life. Not, not like, you know, I feel like in the U S like the, the wife becomes about the child. Um, but in France, the child just kind of is a new family member, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's easier for parents because then you don't have to stop your life and then completely center your life around the kids. A lot of times in the U S it's, it's a thing where it's like, no, I have to drive them to all the practices because, you know, and, and like a million different practices and just stop my life altogether, move to the suburbs and, you know, and, and, and change who I am as a person, essentially. Is it easy to make friends in your opinion? Because I saw real that you did on that and you were like, you know what, actually, I do have some French friends. It wasn't that hard to make them. I mean, I, I think it is. I mean, I, I speak French and I've, I mean, I've, I have, I have a lot of French friends and if it's kind of like once you get one French friend, if you meet their friends, then you're cool with them, you chat with them. Um, I think like the key is getting, getting to the point where when they have a party, you're invited, like getting, like when they're like, let's get people together. You want to be in that group of who's getting together and then you can meet other people. Um, but I mean, I find French people to be great, honestly. Um, but also I'm not like, it's hard. It's I've been here for so long that it's like hard to remember what I was feeling at the time because I started dating a French guy and I became friends with his friends by being his girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? So like my first French friends came via my boyfriend, not via my own making my own friends. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's just hard making friends in a foreign country, period. But once you get like once you get in, then you can meet new people. I think also like um, a lot of people make friends uh, at work, like a lot of French colleagues and stuff. And that's like one of the easiest ways also. So I, I don't think it's particularly hard, but I I, I don't know because I, I feel like I like I, I have had friends since I got here, but it could be because of the the relationships I had or, you know, like the, the jobs that I've had. So speaking of relationships, let's talk about the dating. Um, how has the dating been? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I like, I mean, I like dating here because I find that they, they're more open to giving things a shot. Um, and they're not shy about their emotions. Like French guys, they, if they like you, they'll tell you. Um, I find them to be like, I do believe that it's true. They are more romantic. They're more vulnerable with their feelings. They're also more direct, um, which I really appreciate. Like, you know, I feel like in the U.S. we've got a lot of boys. Like when I think of U.S. dating, I think of men making jokes with the boys about like the old ball and chain. Like it's almost like, like, oh, like the girlfriend. And it's like, it's like they would rather just hang out with the bros. And like, you know what I mean? Whereas in France, I feel like French men prioritize their relationship. Every French man has a girlfriend. I don't know any single people. Like everyone is dating someone, maybe not super serious, but like everyone has got someone basically. Um, and I find them to be very like, they're ready to move things forward. Like if they go on a date with you and they like you, they'll message you and be like, I want to see you again. Like that's, that's just how it goes. Like things can pick up pretty quickly. There's none of this dicking around like, oh, I don't know. But like, it's not as wishy-washy in the US, which I find extremely refreshing. Um, so you can start something with someone pretty quickly. And like I said, you have more, it's, you have more frequent, shorter relationships. 
Um, because like dating is, it's just life. Like you try, you give it a try with someone, you see if it works. If it doesn't work, then you, you separate and that's totally fine. Um, whereas in the U S I feel like you have to like spend a lot of time with someone before they make it official. And then making it official is like so serious. And it's, it's not like that over here. Um, French guys use a lot of emojis. I was really surprised by that when I first got here. Um, I was like, what is happening? Cause like that, I feel like it's like girly, but actually I totally disagree. And I love emojis and I love a man who emojis me. Like it's, I don't know, it's normal to me. Um, but yeah, they're they're. I feel like they're super direct. Um, and like they, they want relationships. You're like, it's, if a guy doesn't want a relationship, he'll tell you right at the beginning. He'll be like, I'm not looking for something serious, but like, even when French women complain about like fuck boys, I'm like, I hear you, but like, you don't know what fuck boys are until you go to the U S like, like you, like you guys, your, your fuck boys are still like better than ours in the U S like our, do you know what I mean? Like, they're, I don't know. I find them to be more direct and more um, just open to relationships. Like getting a French boyfriend is not particularly hard. I think like you could just go meet a guy because they're, they're happy to date. They're ready to date, you know? Yeah. I feel like maybe there's a bit more vulnerability or more openness to just expressing your emotions. I feel like even with texting with French guys, they like use a lot of exclamation marks and they'll just like ask a million questions at the same time. Yeah. Like I feel like American guys, Canadian guys, they hold back so much. Like they try to play it cool and it's almost like you don't want to like show too much interest. And it's, and it's this big game that no one really wants to be a part of. Let's be honest. I mean, dating nowadays, yeah. is, it's, a, it's a joke really. Um, so that's something I really genuinely like because like if they, want to ask you something they'll ask you if they want to ask you out they'll ask you like they don't they don't play mind games as much do you find that to be true yeah absolutely absolutely I find it, it's just it's quite direct um and like if they if, if you're not like getting back to them they'll be like what's up do you not want to see me anymore like it's the directness is there and I really appreciate it yeah, I love that as well. I, I really, really genuinely like that. But, you know, one big stereotype about French guys is that, oh, well, it's easier for them to get into a relationship, to get into a relationship really fast. However, there's also not as much of a sense of monogamy or they're like they don't believe in monogamy long term. Have you heard about this stereotype? Yeah, I've heard about it. Um, I mean, I think it just comes down to choosing the right partner. Um, I've I personally have not ever been cheated on and I've never had like a bad experience with a guy doing that. But I'm also very direct and upfront with when I'm dating someone and I ask them, you know, have you ever cheated on anyone? Do you agree? Like, like, do you, like, I don't know, like I, I make sure that we're on the same page about that. Um, that being said, I do know French guys who have cheated. So like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I know that they've done studies and like when they polled French people about like whether or not they think it's okay to cheat, it's like France is like, the number one in the world that was like it's okay so i do get the stereotype but i also know a lot of people in very happy relationships with french men so i don't know it's it, to me i'm like if you just choose a good person who's not going to cheat on you then there you go and like i don't i don't think it's necessarily a french thing do you get what i mean um so i don't it's it's really hard to say like like i when i was an au pair the family i was living with they weren't cheating on each other like i don't i haven't seen it and i want to believe that it's not true because i feel like it's just a shitty thing to do because like cheating at, at its core is just dishonesty and betrayal. So it's we're saying we're, what we're saying is that French people are dishonest and like to betray. Like, I really hope not. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I have not seen it and I don't want to see it, but I, I, I know the stereotype exists and I know that most stereotypes exist for a reason, but I don't find that to be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. 
I think what they say is something like the way the French perceive relationships is that they don't genuinely believe that, like they're more real when it comes to, so even if you look at movies, you know, I mean, when you look at American movies, everybody, you know, they always run into a sunset, like it's always the happy ending. And then, you know, we have the stereotypical French movie where they're just like lying in bed and talking about, oh, like so-and-so and, and, but, but the ending is always kind of ambiguous. It's not really a happy ending. And so there's kind of a, 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 a saying that, you know, French people, the way they see relationships is more real it's like well we're not going to expect um hearts and roses at the end of it like we don't expect that it's going to be um you know people like choosing each other and that's it and it's the end and it's, they're going to be together their whole life so that's something that i've heard that they're more like realistic when it comes to expectations because you know they're like people are people and you know people do tend to maybe potentially people are not monogamous mm, that's something that i've heard about the more the french mentality yeah I don't know. I, I just, I disagree with that. I think like if you want to be an asshole to your partner, you can be, and that's your choice. But like I, there's plenty of people who are very happily married and have never cheated on their partner. So like, I, I don't think that that's like, I think that's bullshit actually. Um, but what I will say is it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. I do find that in the French culture, because it's the low context, um, there's a lot of things left unsaid. For example, the talk doesn't happen here. And like I said, because I'm American, I make goddamn sure that the talk happens. And I ask explicitly, are we in a relationship? Are you my boyfriend? Are we not seeing other people? Did you delete Bumble? Like I, I do that, right? Um, and so maybe that's like in my relationships, I can imagine French women maybe not having those chats because I've, when I've talked to French people about it and saying, if you don't have the talk, how do you know you're together? They always say to me, well, you just know, you just feel it out. That leaves mm. a lot of room for miscommunication. So you could just be, oh, you know, we're clearly together, but it's like, is it really cheating if your girlfriend never looked you dead in the eyes and said, don't sleep with other people? Because I could imagine scumbags using that. Well, what? We never talked about it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like yeah. to leave le things left unsaid. I'm very American. So every boyfriend I've ever had, I've literally explicitly said, we are not seeing other people. You deleted your dating apps, right? Like, I, I literally say that. Even if it, even if it's implied by being my boyfriend that he deleted them, I still ask because I'm American. And I'm like, you, you deleted them, right? So like maybe in my circumstances, I'm not leaving as much room for ambiguity. Mm -hmm. But um, like I said, it, 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 is, it is a low context culture. So I could imagine this kind of like, you know, we, we're, we're together, but we, we never sat down and laid out the lines and boundaries of this relationship. So is it even that big of a deal? Whereas I think if you have that very explicit conversation, well, then it's like black and white clear that you're not supposed to do that. So maybe, maybe that is something that they're missing. Like maybe if they had more conversations like that, cheating would happen less. You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm certain the person being cheated on does not want to be cheated on. So I don't know why the, the serious talk, even if it's very implied is not happening. Right. Maybe for them, it feels redundant because they're like, oh, it's so clear. But if you're being cheated on, maybe it's not clear. Right. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I mean, they're, they're high context. We're low. Con so yeah, low context is like we spell things out and they leave, as you said, a lot to the ambiguity, right? So it's like, it's very ambiguous. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is like body language and cues and things like that. But we, we Americans, Canadians, we spell things out. So we're more, and that's why we have the talk, right? It's that we're like, mm -hmm. okay, I think I mean, as well, like North Americans, they do like the labels a lot more like, okay, we need to put a label on this thing. So we know where we're at 100%. Whereas I think French people, it's more of like, let's go with the flow. Let's go with the feeling. Let's see how we feel. You know, let's organically get into that and not specifically label and sit down and say like, what are we? Right. So as you said, and, mm -hmm. and I agree correctly, I agree a hundred percent. Sorry. I agree a hundred percent that can be potentially confusing or maybe you have to know the culture and you have to kind of play to like kind of vibe off of each other in a way. 
Yeah. I mean, I think relationships start organically and they kind of pick up momentum organically. But like if you've been seeing someone for a couple of weeks and you both clearly like each other, if it's not moving towards a relationship at that point, for me, I'd be like, well, I mean, I, I, I would know by like three, four dates if I want to date this person or not. And I would assume that they know as well. So that's around the time that like I would ask her. I mean, and every French person I've dated, they usually bring it up around that time. Um, and then I confirm that we're in an exclusive relationship. But if one of us wasn't feeling it by that point, I would just be like, well, then we don't like each other that much because like by by like four or five dates, you should know if you want to date me. Do you know what I mean? Um, but especially because in France, like I said, it's more normal to have like you get into relationships quickly and it they can end also. So like it like we don't do that thing that the U.S. does. We're like, oh, we need to feel it out. Like, no, by, by four or five dates, if you're not into it, then we're, we're just going to stop seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's more more of a passionate and less of a calculated approach in a way, right? Like, yeah. oh, let me just kind of date around and see what else is there so I can get the best possible thing. You know, it's uh, it's more like, I like you. I want to make this happen. Let's do it. Let's, you know, yeah. let's go full speed. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But like, let's live on the edge kind of a thing, which I think it, yeah. I think it's nice and 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 passionate and and romantic. I think especially nowadays when everyone's just weighing their option and not really committing to anything because they want to be hundred percent sure and they want to have the best possible product, so to speak. You know. Um, but one last question for you is what. Um, I think, you know, have you ever felt like, no, no, this is too much for me. I want to go back to the U.S. I don't feel like I can integrate in this culture. Or have you been just, you've been sure? Never, not once. I've, I've Since I got here, it's been very apparent to me that this is where I belong. Um, I love it here. I don't even like going home. Um, like, I've, I've been home three times since I've moved here. And all three times I was dying to get back. Like, it's just... I don't know. I I have zero. I will never live in the U.S. again. I'm 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 in the process of doing my citizenship now um, to stay in France. So, not even once. How has France changed you as a person? Um, I'm definitely meaner on the streets. Like I walk <laughs> with you know I'm eyes forward. I'm ice cold to people when people talk to me. Um, I think I dress a lot better than I used to. Um, because I I put more of an effort into what I'm wearing and I I I dress like smarter, I guess. Like I, I have a lot of like elevated basics and like just really nice pieces. And um, I don't know, I feel like overall my, my style, my fashion has gotten a lot better. Um, my pace of life has gotten a bit better, I would say. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit calmer and not as like high strung as I was in the US. Um, and I don't know. I think I'm just very, I'm more open-minded than I was. Like I, I have so much more to learn and I've been humbled 10,000 times. So I think I'm just a bit more, a bit more chill and I'm just a bit more open. Um, I used to be like really die hard and like cling to my beliefs and opinions as if I was going to die. So I would like fight to the death about topics. And now I'm like, I'll have debates and I'm in the middle of the, of a debate. I can be like, I mean, I'm, I could be wrong, but like, tell me your side and I can change my mind about things. Whereas I think in the past I would really cling to things and like fight to the death. And I, I don't really do that anymore. Like nothing is that serious anymore, I guess. So I think I'm a bit, I don't know, I'm a bit more chill, which is good. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, let us know below what questions you have for Amanda. What have you really enjoyed from our conversation? What was like an eye opener for you? And uh, you can check her out. I'm going to link her socials below on YouTube, Spotify, and I suppose Apple Podcasts as well. I'm still trying to figure out how to work that thing, but I think it connects to Spotify, so it, it works. Um, her Instagram is American Fee, correct? and on yep. tiktok as well same uh same um 
same name on both socials. So you can go check her out. She has a wonderful social media, guys. Really so, so, so many tips for anyone that's traveling to Paris and who wants to move over. I really love the fresh outlook that you have on this. It's very real. It's very authentic. Like you are who you are on socials. And you're exactly the same person in real life. So I really appreciate that. Like you're not putting on an act, you know, which you can really feel that because, you know, there's, there's such a big culture of just like making things pretty and, you know, um, yeah, selling things. And I like that you're just yourself. It's very rare to see. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. And stay tuned for next week's podcast where I feature another country. And Amanda, thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you so much. See you.